Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another Travel Talks podcast. This is episode 19. Now, before we get into this episode, we've got another head-to-head, another topic, another hypothetical question, of course. It's now been two weeks since I officially joined the podcast. Yep. And Alex, tell me, how did it go down? Well, I'm calling it the Saunders effect because we had the most <laughs> downloads in the podcast history in a single day. So a massive spike. So I think, I think Saunders, we've got a load of new people listening to the show. So basically what we need to do is convert those listeners and make sure they subscribe and leave a review and everything that we want them to do. So I think you need to give the push seeing as you're the new guy for the show. There's lots of really cool topics and episodes coming up in the in the future. Lots of great chats with some amazing guests. So subscribe for all things travel. You won't regret it. Trust me. Nice one. I'm just going to quickly add to my LinkedIn the Saunders. Effect. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd massage your ego a bit there. <laughs> no, it's great to hear. Honestly, like that's that's exactly what we want, isn't it? For 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 more people to get involved and yeah, more more the merrier. Exactly. And we did have loads of people commenting and getting involved on the Instagram post that we put out through the week, but we didn't get a single email from people. So this is a push. You can be the first person to ever email and contribute and join in the conversation for the show. We will definitely read out your email if you read if you email in <laughs> and want to kind of add to the conversation. So definitely when we ask you to email in, get it done. I think we should add an incentive. The first person to email the travel talks podcast at gmail.com will get a prize. Okay, nice, nice. What, what kind of prize are you thinking? Undisclosed, guaranteed <laughs> prize. Okay, sweet. You know, there's an incentive there. Get involved, email us, um, and then we can, yeah, read it out. And hopefully that will become a, a bit of an avenue for future episodes too. This will be for the most loyal fan as well, because the podcast comes out at midnight on Sunday night or Monday, Monday morning, whatever way you want to look at it. So if you're going to stay up until that time to download the podcast, be the first person to listen to it and contribute in a good way to what we say in this episode, then yeah, there's your incentive. Get it done. Get it done. But what, what are we talking about today, Saunders? Let's, let's move on to today's episode. What have we got in store? This is a, some, a good one. We follow up quite nicely from the last bonus episode that we had you know, where we talked mm. about things like the most overrated destination. Our head-to-head this week is going to be the most underrated destination, so we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, the topic of today is a good one. It's all about the weirdest food we've eaten on our own travel adventures. Yeah, it's brilliant as well because last week in your episode, the interview which uh, kind of sparked your involvement in this show, you spoke about some weird food which you ate. So it's an expansion on that and you're going to have some great conversations and yeah this is going to be good i'm looking forward to it let's get into it 
deep fried tarantula in Cambodia. You, the, the outside was crispy, but then once you got through the crisp, it turned into like a cream egg. Oh, that is absolutely disgusting. And I just have these horrible memories of basically seeing these frogs legs as they look like what they are. So that immediately just puts you off, but they actually didn't taste too bad. So I'm excited to hear, Saunders, what you're choosing as your most underrated place in the entire world. This is a really hard one. Saunders, are you a fussy eater? I used to be, but now mm. I will literally eat anything, especially in the last sort of year or so where I'm trying a bit more of a plant-based diet. You've got to be flexible because yeah. you find yourself with less choice on a menu. So you've got to kind of get outside your comfort zone and try some weird fruit and veg. Do you go to restaurants and find you've got one choice? If that, <laughs> go to South America and say, uh, I'm a vegan in your best Spanish, or I eat vegan food in Spanish, and watch them laugh you out of the restaurant. <laughs> it's not it's not easy, but I mean, because I've got I'm mostly plant-based, I'm sort of like, um, have a bit of flexibility of things like egg and that here and there, but yeah, mm. uh, it, it, is, it is tricky. It's tricky. Yeah, I can imagine. So this weirdest food that you've picked, the story uh, which you're going to tell today, what point of your life does it come from? I had a few choices because I, I don't know. I've been lucky to have to come across some some quite strange food. One of the choices comes from the big three month Asia trip, which I've talked about um, on previous mm. episodes of this. Uh, one comes from South Africa, uh, and one comes from South America, which also combines with Japan. Nice. Okay. I'll narrow it down, and I'm going to go with something that um, it's a type of eating that I've experienced both in Japan and both in South America. Okay which is simply eat every part of the animal oh. and don't leave anything to go to waste, which I, I quite, I, I mean, even new diet considering, I, I respect that. They're not wasting stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like the values, but the actually in practice, it's a different thing altogether. Yeah. So the two examples I had of that, uh, both in 2018, uh, is in Tokyo in Japan. And we go to a yakitori restaurant, which is basically like, mm. you know, it's like skewers of, of meat, really. And you go to a yakitori yep. restaurant in London or in the UK or in, even in Europe and you're getting, you know, <laughs> some chicken breasts and, you know, different, different, all the parts of the animal you're used to eating. When we sat in Japan, we got basically everything that wasn't what we were used to eating. <laughs> these sticks, which came just one after the other, just kept coming. Um, well, it wasn't, there wasn't any chicken breast or thigh or wing or anything like that inside. It was chicken heart, kidney, liver, oh. stomach. And it's very similar in South America, in Argentina. We went to an asado, which is basically like a big barbecue. Mm. They cook all this, all these different meats on a, uh, a big uh, open fire. And when the plate came, it wasn't like, you know, prime cut steak or, you know, chicken, <laughs> nice chicken thighs. It was the cow heart, cow kidney, cow lung. Oh. Um, it all has a bit of a peculiar taste and it's quite weird. Yeah, go on. What's it taste like? What, what's the cow heart taste like? Very robbery. Yeah, I can imagine. Once it's cooked, it looks like the meat, right? It doesn't look that different. It might mm. be, you know how um, a chicken thigh looks different to a chicken breast, right? There's a bit more yeah. colour in it. It's very similar to that. But until you cut into it and you think, oh, this doesn't cut the same way I'm used to. Or, yeah. <laughs> and then you eat it and it's like, yeah, it's much more rubbery, sometimes a bit drier. Something like a liver is really spongy, which is quite an unfamiliar meaty taste. So they're not going to miss those. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, you, you wouldn't go back. <laughs> I, I would because the experience is amazing and I love that they eat everything. I'd much rather anyone that eats meat is happy to eat anything because at least, you know, 
you're not wasting anything right but yeah, um, yeah i understand that we you know it's not that normal in in a lot of societies that i guess like we have here in uh, the uk mm. your food is definitely weirder than mine <laughs> i didn't even talk about the deep fried tarantula either oh go on go on <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I've got too many. I need to just pick one. Sometimes. Just pick one. <laughs> no, um, this is great. Go on. So I had scorpion in Thailand, deep fried tarantula in Cambodia. So yeah, they're, they're quite odd things. The, the, the tarantula was particularly weird because it has like char grilled, the char grilled legs and then like the bulb <laughs> at the back. And I just remember the bulb, you, the, the outside was crispy, but then once you got through the crisp, it turned into like a cream egg. Ah. Oh. That is absolutely disgusting. It was quite, it didn't taste bad though. Like both the scorpion and the tarantula were both just so char grilled on the outside. It tasted like anything that'd been char grilled. So did it come in its complete form? So it looked like a spider that yeah. just been popped in the deep fryer? Yeah, and a stick through it. And you ordered that off a menu, did you? I, I didn't, uh, I didn't like go and be like, <laughs> what should we have tonight, lads? Let's go to the spider restaurant. <laughs> that didn't happen. It was, it was more like, a, oh, we're in Cambodia probably was a delicacy but it's probably one of those things that no one local actually eats anymore really like i said your stories are a lot weirder than mine in terms of the food you've eaten uh i'm gonna be hard pressed to rival that but <laughs> i was kind of speaking to my parents in coming up with this idea because often you kind of forget uh memories and you kind of need other people to kind of refill in the blanks that you kind of forget and uh yeah i kind of feel embarrassed to say this but the weirdest food i've ever eaten is frog's legs i mean it's pretty weird though still it's kind of weird it's kind of weird my dad told me i was about 12 when i ate them so i feel like it's quite that's quite adventurous for a 12 year old diet and especially yeah. like we touched on before i did not eat vegetables i was just a meat eater very very fussy about what i kind of what i kind of ate so yeah it was basically we were we were in dover we took a day trip over to calais and like classic brits abroad we were like okay when in rome or when in calais let's let's do everything that's typically french so uh basically got some stinky blue cheese got some frog's legs took them back over to dover and i remember cooking them my dad my dad prepared them for me and he was very much uh not he didn't force me to eat things but he, he wanted to kind of basically br broaden my diet so that i didn't become a fussy eater in later life so he was very pushy in that sense so he forced me to eat this uh frog's legs and this stinky cheese and i just have this horrible memories of basically seeing these frog's legs and they look like like we kind of touched on earlier with the spiders they look like what they are so that immediately just puts you off but they actually didn't taste too bad they, they taste like chicken and that's and that's basically quite a typical response to any sort of strange meat that they end up tasting like chicken but yeah that actually doesn't taste too bad it's i haven't actually eaten any since so probably an indictment <laughs> of what they really tasted like but yeah i was doing some research because i thought i like to prep before these and i thought let's let's find out how popular frog's legs still are to this day so in terms of tons how many tons of frog's legs do you think the french eat every single year oh i like this because uh, in my head, I feel like they're still, they're still, even if it's a tourist like delicacy, I still think they're popular and you could get them in, yeah. you know, quite a few places. Tons, mm. was it per year, do you say? Yeah. And I'm, I'm aware that it's not a metric we kind of work in. <laughs> How much is that way? Uh, about 10 yeah. frog legs. <laughs> um, I would say, oh, I, I wouldn't, yeah, the, the unit is difficult. Um, I'd go pull something out there. Let's just go with a, you know, 100,000 tons. I mean, 
<laughs> it's an awful when you make this kind of thing. Oh, guess this, and then they say more. But it's four thousand tons. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, hundred thousand tons is ridiculously big. I've gone so hard there. I've gone way too strong there. Thousand sounds way more believable. They are still really popular in terms of like a French diet. So um, I think beef and chicken are kind of are more like the hundred thousand tons which you suggested. So they're popular, but obviously chicken and beef far more popular, far more eaten in a daily diet. But France is actually still the biggest importer and exporter of frogs' legs to the entire world. So a lot of them go to South America and Southeast Asia, China, Malaysia, these kind of countries taking frogs' legs to eat in their kind of diet. It's a little bit of a fact for you alongside the story. I like story. that. I like the, the backup prep there. I think that's good. Next time, I'm, I'm doing that. <laughs> On the next, the next bonus podcast... I'm going to bring some facts about my choice. Um, yeah, that's actually quite interesting because I, I think 100,000 was such a stupid suggestion. In your defense, how much does a pair of frogs leg even weigh? That's the kind of thing that we're asking here. Also, I think you're, you're doing yourself um, a disservice there by saying it's not as interesting because I would say frogs legs are on par in terms of, you know, when you think about an obscure food with... Mm with scorpions with spiders because it's like it's an oh. obscure animal isn't it yeah true i think it's because it's just because it's more common doesn't mean it's less obscure but that is it that is a good one and i've never tried it so there you go yeah and i've, I've never tried a tarantula either so there we go one day hopefully we can each try each other's weirdest foods but there's there's going to be people who've tried even weirder foods than that and some amazing stories so definitely email in to us on travel talks podcast at gmail.com tell us your stories and next week we'll read them out and uh yeah get involved in terms of when you go away sort of this and the restaurants that you go to let's move it slightly away from weirdest food and just normal kind of going out and eating at restaurants how do you find the restaurants which you actually eat at i like to do my research beforehand mm. um via obviously online reviews and things like that guidebooks also if i know anyone that's been there i i'm always a massive advocate of of talking to friends that have been to somewhere and say yeah. where do you recommend or even if you know someone that's lived there or know someone that lives there even better but obviously the more obscure the place you go, the, the less likely that is. But yeah, I guess uh, reviews, guidebooks and just general advice. That's what I go for. How about you? Yeah, I'm a big fan of TripAdvisor. Set the settings to mid-range eats. So it's kind of, you're not going fine dining, you're not going complete budget, but you kind of got an average price and then sort by the cuisine that you want and get the best restaurant and try and tick off the best restaurant in that kind of area. So yeah, that's that's wielded some great results. It's like going to the, the best Italian restaurant I've ever eaten at in Miami, some amazing restaurants in Mexico. Um, yeah, some some great places have come through that technique. Hashtag not sponsored. Yeah, hashtag, yeah. <laughs> why, why are we doing this free sponsors? But, Other uh, review sites are available. <laughs> yeah, but if TripAdvisor, if you do want to sponsor this, um, traveltalkspodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So it's come to the point in the show where it's the head-to-head challenge between Alex and I. Nice, I'm looking forward to it. Now, last time was a good one. We were talking about the the most overrated destination before. It was very controversial. <laughs> you said Paris, I said Barcelona, and then the listeners had that, their say, please put me out of my misery. What did they say? Yeah, so firstly, I need to push basically because we want people to follow us on Instagram at Travel Talks Podcast because that is where you can vote, you can comment, you can get involved in the show and you can answer and decide who wins the head-to-head each week. So I, th- I feel like before I reveal the result to you, Let's kind of go through some comments which people left on the post, which was the most overrated city. So Darren Speck, you know, from uh, Race Across the World Series 1, Alex, uh, Alex's dad from Race Across the World Series 1. So he said, I would say Paris. I can't argue that it's not a beautiful place and it has the best catacombs in Europe. It's just the vibe of the place can't compare to Barcelona, in my humble opinion. How do you react to that? It's not looking good for me. It's not looking good. I was worried about completely isolating the listeners in my first ever episode. And I went so hard with Barcelona. Yep. <laughs> what was your reaction to him saying that the vibe isn't quite as cool as Barcelona? I mean, yeah, I, I, you actually can't argue with the vibe. The vibe is, mm. I would say, no, actually, no, well, I'm going to counter that because the vibe could be better in Barcelona if it wasn't so touristy one of my main Mm. points Mm. uh, where you don't really get a vibe anymore because the only vibe you get is the one they want you to kind of buy into rather Mm. than the actual real one Mm. that might still be better than Paris so yeah (laughs) okay but it doesn't end there because I I put a comment in I made sure to look for a comment to find one which supported your view as well well so we got a balanced argument so never ending travelust said it's so hard I would have to say Paris until last year when I went off the beaten track and it allowed me to love the city I think it's important to go somewhere you genuinely want to go rather than somewhere that looks pretty on Instagram. That got me thinking, Saunders. I wanted to ask you, have you ever visited somewhere which you've seen on Instagram, which has ultimately underwhelmed you when you saw it for yourself in person? Oh, that's such a good question. Uh, I almost definitely think there has been somewhere like that. Mm. I imagine it's probably more like a landmark within a city or something. Or, okay, yeah, know, yeah. Um, or like a, a, a nature spot or something. But what, what does really annoy me with that is when you see somewhere and the picture, it's like the person is there on their, on their complete, like on their own. They're mm. there. There's no one else around. They're just having this amazing moment with what they can see. And you go there and you turn around and there's like a thousand people. <laughs> yeah, it takes away from it. And you realize that all the photos are just, 
they're just taken in a very particular way that makes them look like they're on their own, but it's not really the case. So do you remember a couple of weeks ago we spoke about Stonehenge as well and you gave me a bit of a hard time. You said that I was bashing <laughs> England's, one of England's best landmarks and uh, yeah, you weren't quite so happy with me. I basically wanted to go away, do a bit of research, trying to find a little bit of stuff which uh, backed up my point. And yeah, I stumbled across an article which detailed the most overrated places in the world, which did in fact feature Stonehenge. And I want to read you what it says. So it says, declared one of the most overrated tourist attractions in the world based on TripAdvisor reviews. Stonehenge underwhelms many a visitor. The $23 you pay to get in will get you a view which is only fractionally better than if you had just stayed in your car and driven past the attraction. Plus, you'll be joined by hordes of tour buses, which is exactly what I said. I said that you can get the same view from staying in your car, and that's been verified. That is what you say. What I would say is that very much sounds like a problem with the, the visitor centre. <laughs> they haven't got their experience right. You can't fault, like... The actual stones themselves and where they come from, you know, the idea of where, you know, where they come from is up there with the likes of like Machu Picchu. That's bold. They're always referenced together. You know, when they talk about, I watched a documentary the other day about Machu Picchu and he was referencing Stonehenge. You know, you talk about Machu Picchu, you talk about the Giza pyramids, you talk about Stonehenge. <laughs> you are like Stonehenge's number one fan. No, I think it's a fair point and I, I will write a strongly worded letter to the visitor centre as punishment. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I like it. But should we put, I'll put you out of your misery now um, on the result of the poll. So Paris or Barcelona, what is the most overrated city between the two? So we put the poll on Instagram and we got lots and lots of votes and there was actually only one vote in it. No. Yes. It was going oh, down to the wire. Where did it go? Which way did it go? So the most overrated city and the winner of the first head-to-head was Paris. Oh, <laughs> by one vote. By one vote. It could not have been any closer. Fair enough there. I mean, it was a tough one to begin with. Obviously, there was, you know, quite heated views for both arguments. But um, yeah, fair play. Yeah, nice. So like I said before, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Travel Talks Podcast. Get involved in the votes that we put on our Instagram stories on the day that the podcast goes out. And yeah, you'll be able to vote on today's episode of the most underrated destination. This is a really hard one. Like, I struggled yeah. with this because, yeah. you know, so many places you could think of. And it is kind of a subjective thing. Like it's quite personal, but um, based on my own experiences. But I'm going to go somewhere not even that far afield. Okay. It's not that exotic, but my most underrated destination is Scotland. This doesn't work well for me fighting against you because I think it's a great choice, but go on, take it okay, away. Okay, so my, my reason for picking Scotland is that living in the UK is right on our doorstep. It really is. Like there's multiple ways of getting there. You don't have to fly. You can drive, you can get a train and you just get a, a great abundance of different types of travel. Even mm. though it feels like it's one, you know, one environment, one sort of weather, you've got the history and the architecture of somewhere like Edinburgh and the culture, mm. a lot of, you know, the comedy in the summer, the plays, that sort of thing. But then you're only like a relatively short drive away from breathtaking mountain ranges, pristine lakes, great coast, mm. amazing wildlife. Like people forget that you know, off the, you know, off the North coast of, and the West coast of Scotland, you can get dolphins, you get all sorts of eagles, puffins, like all really interesting mm. types of wildlife. It's a pretty cool place to go if you can deal with the relatively moderate weather. Yes. Yeah. So it's one of the only downsides. It's a handful of days a year that are, you know, a scorcher or a great place. But 
if you can deal with that and you and you take more pleasure in what you see and what you kind of experience then scotland's great and there's so much natural beauty there like you could you yeah. could do weeks and you wouldn't even get close to touching it where in scotland would you choose to go if you had a holiday um that you had to book up in the next kind of few months well i tell you what as soon as the restrictions lifted this is the first place i'm going is it okay as cool. long as they'll have me <laughs> <laughs> as long as the restrictions there are, you know, it's safe to do so, whatever. But yeah. uh, I, I think I'd probably go. Actually, you know what? I had a, a trip planned um, with a photographer friend of mine called Ali, uh, and we wanted to go to the Outer Hebrides on okay. the west side of Scotland. An amazing wildlife, just crazy natural beauty, big sea stacks, that sort of thing. So we were going to go and do a little trip over there. So I'll give him a bell and see if he's up for doing that, if it's safe to do so. Yeah, amazing. Nice one. So yeah, it's tough because I actually agree with you. So it's going to be hard to kind of fight my corner now. But a place which I'm going to put forward as the most underrated place which I've ever been to is Sintra. So have you ever been there, Saunders? I've not been there. This is going to be hard for me to argue against because I have no context. Okay, so Sintra is a little town on the outskirts of Lisbon. And it's about one hour away from Lisbon on a train. So I kind of feel like because of the fact that it gets ignored, by people who are going to Lisbon and it's so close that it's definitely considered to be underrated. The main thing that draws people to Sintra is Pina Palace. So it's this incredible palace which is set inside Quinta de Regalera, which is difficult to say, but beautiful. It has loads of ruins and gardens. They're beautifully kept. It's really well looked after and it's a fantastic day out. Basically, you can kind of wander around these gardens and there's castles, there's tunnels, there's caves. There's this particularly good thing, which is an initiation well. It's this beautifully photogenic well, which is actually just a spiral staircase, which goes down into the floor and leads to these caves and tunnels. And from these caves and tunnels, you can navigate your way around uh, the park and go up to the palace and take walks down. And like we kind of said, countering the most overrated places, this is quite a not a very busy place essentially so you can kind of wander around these gardens take in the sights and you won't really bump into that many people which of course at the moment is quite attractive as well so just back to this initiation well it's quite interesting so i did a bit of reading into it before this and it was actually never built to be a well so essentially it was built by this very wealthy businessman who got in touch with this Italian architect to kind of put together this incredible grounds, build the castle, build the well, build all of the gardens. And this well was essentially, it's linked to masonry. So it's where they did ceremonial acts to kind of bring people into this Freemason society. But if you go to this well, it's absolutely stunning. And the photos which you can get both from kind of a bird's eye view looking down and then from a worm's eye view looking all the way up, to the uh, sky from inside the well are absolutely incredible. And on top of that, when you go to Pina Palace, it's, it's an incredible place where you can kind of wander around and take in all the sights, but it gives you this incredible view of Sintra and you can see all the way back to Lisbon as well. So you get these amazing aerial views, uh, which I like to do whilst I'm abroad, make sure I go up as high as possible and see the place that you're in. To top it all off, it only costs 10 euros to get in. So nice and cheap. And that's a day out, which can probably last a good few hours. That is a good suggestion. And I'm, I'm with you on Portugal because I actually think Portugal as a place is quite underrated. Um, mm. There are some beautiful areas of it, especially around, around Lisbon and the south side. Um, but what I will say, though, to counter mm. this and try and put myself into a favourable position <laughs> is that it sounds like a day trip. It doesn't sound like a destination you might necessarily go to for a, a trip. It sounds like you go to Lisbon and you spend a day in Sintra. 
Whereas Scotland, we, we, you know, I've, I've gone through what Scotland can offer. It's got history. Yeah. It's got beauty. It's got mountains. It's got some pretty fatty foods. <laughs> <Amongst other things. laughs> um, but it's got a lot of stuff and you could spend weeks there if you wanted to. Yeah, you put forward a good argument. In my defence, I didn't know we were doing entire countries. <laughs> so I've, got away and, I've got away and picked a day trip. I slightly bent the rules there, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. Fortunately, it's not up to us to decide this. It's up to the mm-hmm. listeners and it's up to them to tell us who won this argument. What is a more underrated destination, Scotland or Sintra in Portugal? Uh, I imagine there'll be some things on the social media as well they can they can vote on they can have this their choice on this matter absolutely and we'll find out who wins in the next episode and now it's time for the final part of the show the hypothetical situation this is a question you know that, that you can ponder upon and try to come up to a solution because they're never easy they're always tricky and this mm. week's one Alex take it away what is it okay so we've come up with a scenario where you can travel to anywhere in the world with any celebrity of your choice. So this is a great question to take down to the pub with your friends, chat amongst yourself, kind of come up with the ideas and you'll get some crazy answers. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you say, Saunders, because I feel like I've got a good answer in the bank too. This is really tricky because uh, I was thinking natural world. I was thinking, you know, good city break. I was thinking mm. what, who who the person was. Um, and I've, I've narrowed it down to two. I need to just pick one of these things, don't I? Yeah. I always find multiple options. I'm too indecisive. Option one for the more natural holiday is a safari with a younger David Attenborough. Uh, it's, it's just the best answer, isn't it? I, d- I don't want anything bad happening on my watch, so I want to get him younger. <laughs> um, and I've, I've been reading his book uh, about his life in TV and some mm. of the stories from like the 60s and 70s where they go on these mad expeditions where there was like one flight a month to these places in the, these remote islands mm. and stuff. Properly, like properly untouched areas. I think it would be pretty sketchy and a bit you know, scary at times, but it'd be so worth it. So that's my answer for the natural world. Yeah. And just to throw a curveball, completely different side of things. Go on. I would like to travel to Nashville okay. on a music kind of history, music oh. culture trip, backstage, live music, guitar shopping with none other than Foo Fighters lead singer Dave Grohl. It's a great answer. That's a great answer. I love that. I didn't even consider the deep south of America and the music scene because that's something I really want to do and tick off my bucket list. And who better than Dave Grohl to do that with? I think he'd love it as well. If I knew him, I think he would be up for it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I just don't know him. (laughs) Yeah. I like that you've considered the place and how that ties in directly with the person as well. So yeah, two really good answers. Let's take it back to David Attenborough. Okay. He is perhaps the biggest legend of English television and one of the nicest men. How do you think you would cope with going on a holiday with David Attenborough? Uh, I think he'd probably find me incredibly annoying quite quickly because <laughs> I'd just be asking him so many questions. I think if you were to ask like a census mm. of a celebrity at a dinner party or a celebrity to go on holiday with, I think there'd be such a huge number of people that say Attenborough in this country. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, he'd definitely be a, at my dinner's party of a table of six for sure. Yeah, they're my choices. What are yours? Because, you know, I've set a good foundation there. So I'm keen to see what you can say. My answer is kind of taking a bit more of a jovial look at it. And I want to go to New York City and experience the food culture alongside James Acaster. That's, that's like a, that sounds like a great episode of like Travel Man. Yeah, you know, that yeah sort of for thing. sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I absolutely love Off Menu podcast that's basically what sparked this idea so james acaster is a massive sweet tooth 
not that's not particularly where my food tastes lie but he and ed speak all the time about these incredible restaurants that they go to in new york and new york comes up more than anywhere in the world in terms of everyone's favorite place to eat food he's got some incredible recommendations i went on their website before this just to kind of look at the restaurants that they've recommended in new york and then i had a look on their menus and kind of think okay what would i want to eat from those restaurants so john's of bleaker street incredible pizza restaurant i've been there but where else are good pizza restaurants in new york everyone's got a recommendation for their favorite pizza restaurant in new york so i'd like to do a little tour of those and then the milk bar is this kind of ice cream cakes milkshakes place in new york which james recommends so i'd love to kind of go there and then i feel like on our dream day let's go and take in some stand-up as well who better to go and watch stand-up with than james acaster that's my recommendation that would be a really fun trip, I think. And like mm. laughter, you know, that, that makes up such a, such a huge amount of a good a good experience and a good travel story, isn't it? Just having someone there that makes you laugh and you can enjoy a time yeah. with. And he definitely would do that. I'm imagining this this trip now with you and James mm. Ancaster mm. in the, you know, the, the beautiful New York City skyline <laughs> in the backdrop. And they're just kind of like making your way through all of these great food joints. That's a good trip, mate. You've got a good hypothetical there. And it's not actually that out of the question either. Like who's to know, you know travel talk series five there we go, <laughs> there we there go. We go. <laughs> let's make it happen but of course we need to know what everyone else thinks you know this is a mm. big hypothetical situation here there's a lot riding on it you've got a lot of choice of celebrities a lot of choice of destinations what you're doing there's a, a big breadth of you know different answers that could be had here mm. so uh, again send the email to travel travel talks talks podcast, podcast. At, at gmail.com gmail. <laughs> you should know this <laughs> okay. yep. yeah, travel talks podcast at gmail.com or on any of the um social media platforms instagram etc because uh, i'm really keen about this because i think people are gonna have some really like left field out of the box yeah. answers here yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what people come up with this is gonna be good fun So that's it for episode 19 of Travel Talks Podcast. This was a fun one, I think, because talking mm. about food, I can tell you now I'm hungry. Yeah, me too. I need to go eat after this. Sure. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's definitely making me re- remember some cool stories. And um, I'm, I'm keen to hear what the listeners think, because there's some really interesting topics here. And uh, I liked your frog leg, frog's leg story. That was good. Yep. Also, you know, even though I went massively over in the estimate, very surprised about the, the tonnage <laughs> of frog's legs available in the world. Yeah, I'm looking forward um, to bringing more stats to the table in the future. Yeah, definitely. I need to up my game there. I need to provide <laughs> some backstory for these uh, for these questions. Mm. We obviously had the most underrated destination, which is left now in the very capable hands of listeners. Scotland versus Sintra in Portugal. Mm. You know what to do. Make the right <laughs> choice. <laughs> so before we go, let's speak about the podcast that I had the opportunity to record with Hannah Ranking, who is a former IBO world champion boxer. So she has some incredible stories. It should make for a fantastic episode. She spoke about the fact that she obviously has traveled the world in her boxing career. But on top of that, she also plays the bassoon in a classical orchestra. So has traveled the world playing in some of the most amazing theaters around the world as well. So her passion for travel really comes across and it was an absolute pleasure to chat with her. So look forward to sharing that with you next week, next Monday on Travel Talks. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.